Hey, mama. So this week, we are talking all about podcast guesting, podcast pitching, all of that good stuff. Now, I could not wrap up this topic this week without interviewing the queen of podcast guesting and podcast pitching herself, Amanda Bennett. And if you don't know Amanda, you need to get to know her. Now, if you guys signed up for my social media detox bundle, you were introduced to her there. Now, Amanda is such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to pitching yourself to be on podcasts, but doing it in a way that you actually get yeses instead of crickets. And so in this episode, Amanda and I chat all about why podcast pitching is an effective marketing strategy for mompreneurs how to successfully pitch yourself to be a guest on podcasts, and so much more. Now, if you haven't already, go back and listen to episode 110, where I share about how podcast guesting is a bare minimum strategy for increasing your visibility and growing your community with your ideal listeners. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you get on my Black Friday waitlist because I am dropping some incredible offers to support you with increasing your visibility in 2024. You do not want to miss out on this. So head over to mamatermopreneur.com forward slash Black Friday waitlist. And this will also be linked below in the episode description. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, Mama. Welcome to the Mama Term Mompreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Singletary, a wife, mama of two, and former virtual assistant turned podcast strategist and producer. This is a podcast for the mama who is burnt out trying to build her business on social media. You're tired of putting in so much time and energy marketing your business on social media only to hear crickets and barely get any engagement on your posts. You don't have time to waste as a busy mama and you need an effective way to generate leads for your business. Well, mama, you're in the right place. On this podcast, I will be giving you the inside scoop on how to create a podcast that generates consistent leads for your business on autopilot mixed in with some mompreneur hacks and tips for growing your business as a busy mama. So grab your coffee, your notebook and pen, put in those earbuds, and let's dive in. All right, today on the Mama Term Mompreneur podcast, I am sitting down to chat with Amanda Bennett. And honestly, she is the queen of all things podcast guesting. So I'm super excited to have her on to really talk about, you know, how to effectively, you know, pitch yourself to be a podcast guest, but also to use it as part of your marketing strategy. So Amanda, welcome to the show. Please tell us about yourself, who you are, what you do, and all about your family. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I love what you do. Your podcast is awesome. And I just love you're doing a great job. So I am Amanda Bennett. I am a podcast guesting strategist and for mom entrepreneurs specifically. So if you want to grow your audience and your impact by being a guest on a line podcast, then I am your lady. (laughs) After being a podcast host for about two years, So I started my own podcast, podcasting, and wanted to grow my own audience and jumped into guesting 
kind of blindly, but I really saw the power of those connections and what guesting could do to build networks and grow your own audience. And as a mom, of course, I want to use a marketing strategy that is a that maximizes my time and that is evergreen. So I can always go back to that and reuse it. And it just feels good. I mean, I like having one-on-one conversations with people. That doesn't feel weird to me. I, I love those connections. So it just felt like an easy thing to extension to do. And now I am super passionate about helping other mom entrepreneurs use podcast guesting effectively to build their own audiences because I truly believe the world is a better place when we are sharing more mom's knowledge, more mom's stories, and just messages out there. So I want to be able to help more moms to do that. Yeah, absolutely love that. Um, And it's so amazing, like, just how you can use podcast guesting, like you don't have to necessarily have your own podcast. So again, super excited to chat about this. So tell us, how did you get started as a podcast guesting strategist? Yeah. And I realized I didn't mention my family. So I'll I'll share just a bit there because that actually does have a lot to do with how I got started in podcasting in general. So I have a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son, and we live here in Nashville with my husband, obviously here. And um, the reason I started podcasting was just be, I had this call on my heart to create a podcast. And I'm sure if you're listening and you're, you haven't started a podcast, you're thinking about it, you know what that feels like to want to do a podcast, but you're just a little scared. And I finally decided to jump in. And after doing it for two years, I wanted to share a very specific, um, I wanted to share the ups and downs, the challenges of being a mom, but the joys of being a mom of young kids. I had kind of just a, a glimpse of my first pregnancy right after I had my daughter. I There was a lot of things I didn't know. Um, I'm an only child. And a lot of things I didn't anticipate would be, could be challenges as a new mom. And I felt really kind of ashamed and uncomfortable sharing with people. But after I found a group of moms to like divulge all of that, I realized that I wasn't the only one going through those things. My, My daughter had a dairy protein allergy and she wouldn't breastfeed very well. She didn't sleep. And I, I was sitting over here thinking, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> and so when I finally talked to other moms who were super smart, who had been further along than I had, they said, listen, it's okay. I tell the, the nipple cream story all the time because the, the friend that I told all this to to begin with, and I thought she was going to judge me immediately and say, you are just doing this all wrong. She said, oh my goodness, I had the same thing happen when I first had my son and she's like, by the way, this nipple cream really does help when you're breastfeeding. (laughs) And so I tell that story all the time because that was kind of the, the idea behind doing the podcast. But I did that for two years, like I said, and I loved it so much. I made so many connections, especially during the pandemic. We all were there 2020 and I needed that connection with other people. So I say podcasting was kind of a lifesaver for me in that way. And my second son came along and I just felt like after the pandemic, baby number two, I really needed a break, but I loved podcasting so much. And I had made so many connections inside of the podcasting space that I, 
I, you know, mentioned this to a couple of friends who had podcasts and they said, well, would you help me with mine? Just kind of on the back end with some things. Can you help pitch me? And I said, yes. So it kind of started there and then snowballed. And the first several clients I had were just from referrals. I didn't even really put it out there and promote it. And it just kept going and going. And, and I realized that there is such a need and people are asking questions and really want to know, how do I do this well? How do I use this effectively as a marketing strategy? So I am happy to share everything I've done wrong, everything I've learned <laughs> so that you can do it yourself. Yeah. I love that. And I love your story. So fellow only child here too, totally get it. Um, and I actually became a mom at the height of the pandemic. And so everything you felt, it was like even magnified being isolated and all of that. Um, and I actually looked to podcasts as my saving grace during that time to kind of normalize those things and motherhood. So I was binging all the motherhood podcasts during that time. And like you said, it's like you felt like like it's part of this community, even though like I never technically met any of these hosts face to face, I felt like I knew them so well and they were just speaking to the things that I was going through. So I love that you did that and you were able to take something you were so passionate about and turn it into a business. Like that is amazing. Um, so yeah, resonate 100% with what you said. <laughs> so, you know, you're talking about podcast guesting. So why should a mompreneur, you know, incorporate the strategy, you know, as part of her marketing for her business? Yeah, it's a great question. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it's the strategy for everyone, but there are some huge benefits. Well, one, you don't have to have your own podcast to do it. Now I love podcasting and I'm such a fan of, if you want to use that as your platform, go do it. And you can do that. But you don't have to have a podcast in order to be a podcast guest. And lots of benefits here. But some of those main ones that I like to share, um, number one, it is the easiest way if you're an introvert to connect with people and have people hear how you work, why you work, like your frameworks, all of the things that you, the way that you help people is so much more personal when you're sharing it in conversation with somebody and you're literally in their ears for, you know, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever that is, an hour maybe. And podcast listeners, they listen for almost a whole episode. So they may listen to at least half of it. Whereas if you're, you know, on social media, they may get six seconds of you. <laughs> if you're reading a blog, they may get seven minutes of you. And if they are listening to your voice and they hear how you say things, they hear your little stories, they feel like they know you. And that, we all know, the know, like, and trust factor. And that trust one is a huge factor. That is so easy to come through in a podcast. So that's the first thing. And I, I put so much weight on that because not many platforms can deliver that. So that's the, that's the first one. The second one that I like to share a lot is that it is content that you can reuse over and over. And it's always there. People can find it long after you have recorded the episode. There are episodes of my podcast that people still find and for whatever that topic was, and they'll find the guest or people will, I mean, people will still pitch me because they find my podcast. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say no because I'm not recording, but you get the point. The content is out there for a long time. 
and people can search you by keywords. They can find out. I know you use it, you use your podcast for a wonderful marketing strategy to help people answer the questions they have about working with you and to answer those things that they do. Like, why should I do this? Or how should I do this? And so they see you as the authority and they can easily find you there. So those are like the top two reasons that I think it's such a great thing for mom entrepreneurs, because we've got so much stuff going on that we can't be sitting down to create content all the time. And I think those are the two things I like to share first. Yeah, those are definitely like so many great benefits. But like you said, it is, you know, that evergreen content and people can find you at any time. Like, so even if you recorded an interview, say even a year ago, if you're still in that niche, you can still gain leads and find new clients that way. Um, I actually had someone who was a guest on my podcast. And I want to say maybe two weeks after her interview went live, someone booked um, her for her web design. Um, yeah, for web design services from that interview. So it really is an effective strategy for that. Yeah. And the other thing that I love too is not as you can't really measure it as much, but it's the connections you make with those hosts because your network grows. And then it's these collaborations that you continue to have with people. That's the magic sauce in your business because there's just those relationships, those friendships, those partnerships in promoting things like that is, is the magic, like I said, and, and people don't, I think there's not a way to measure that. And so people don't think about that as being such an upside of doing it, but it really, really is. It truly is. Um, I would say that is definitely one of the biggest benefits, those collaborations, um, cause I've seen like guests who've been on my podcast, they're my go-to people for their niche. Anytime yeah. I have someone comes to me asking me about something I'm like, Hey, this is the person you need to go talk to. But they also have done that for me where they see me as their go-to person for, you know, podcasting and, you know, launching a podcast and all of that. I've even had some guests who've become clients as well too. Yeah. So it really is great for building those partnerships and really getting to know those people who maybe you wouldn't have connected with them outside of, you know, guesting on their podcast. Right. Right. So Tell us what is the secret to drafting a great podcast pitch? And I really want to hear your thoughts on this because as a podcast host, I get the craziest pitches on a weekly basis. So please tell us what is, you know, what goes into a pitch that doesn't get ignored? Yeah. And it's so funny. I think this is a great question. I want to say this before I answer the question too, because there's a lot of perfect pitch templates out there. There's a lot of trainings about how to write a pitch and people have shared what they have used to get booked on these big podcasts or these big collaborations. And I think it's key for you to know if you're listening that every host is different. And so there are some things that I'm going to tell you that make a good pitch, but there is no such thing as a perfect pitch. Some hosts like some things, other hosts like different things. There's not, I don't like to lean on tactics is what I call them. Like, you know, secret, super secret strategies. You're going to do this and you're going to get booked. You're going to do this. and get, there. To me, it's much more simple than that. I come from a background in, in fundraising, nonprofit fundraising. And all goes back to a couple of things. 
doing your research, making sure that you approach them and talk about how you can help them. So not about you. It's about how you can help them. And then treating them like a person. Like, you know, they are a person and letting them feel seen and understood. And those are really the the basic building blocks. Now, when you talk about writing the pitch, personalize it. I have the four P's. So you personalize it. And this is making sure you spell the host name correctly. This is, you know, using their name, whoever the contact is. And then this is pointing out the the challenge or the opportunity there that um, the problem basically that you're going to help them solve. So what is it that you're going to help them with? What is it that you know they want to accomplish? Maybe whatever goal, maybe they want their, um, their listeners haven't heard this thing yet. That's going to help them. Maybe this is something they really want to know. And then you position yourself. That's a, the third one. Position yourself as the answer to that problem is the person who can fill that gap or teach them this thing. And then you're just going to promptly do a close, a generous, gracious close, but you're not going to drag it out and you're not going to just say, thanks. You're going to say what you want to do next, which is, you know, does this sound interesting to you? Do you think your audience would, would appreciate this? Because you're starting the conversation. And I think anything beyond that is kind of a bonus. Some people say, oh, videos are the answer. Do a video and that's great. But, you know, or do a, write a review and do a screenshot. That's the key. And like, those are good things. And if you feel that feels aligned for you and like that is genuine, do that. But the basic building blocks of the pitch are those four P's, whether that is one sentence for each P or whether that is two sentences, you know, you don't want to write a novel, obviously, but some people say, oh, the shorter, the better. And I might get some hate for this, but I don't agree with that. I think you, your pitch needs to be complete. Now don't be wordy, but answer those four P's in the best way possible, as succinctly as possible but your main goal, again, for all the perfectionists out there, the main goal is not to be perfect. The main goal is to let them know what's in it for them. What are the, what are you going to deliver for them? How are you going to help that host do the thing you know they want to do? That's it. I love that. Um, I would say for me, the biggest thing is being a podcast host. I like to see that the person has done their research in that I know they've actually listened to a few episodes I know that they are aware that the topic they're pitching me for hasn't been covered yet. Um, And that means the world to me because it shows that you actually care and you're really trying to bring value to my audience. Now, yes, I understand this is great for you to get in front of my audience to pitch, you know, your offers and everything like that, which I'm totally okay with it. But I need to know that you're just as invested in my audience, you know, as I am. So I love that you highlighted that part. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Do the research like that cannot be said too much. The research is kind of the heavy lifting. And then once you know what you're doing there, the pitch is kind of just an extension of that research, basically. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, in addition to like drafting this pitch, what else do we need in order to get booked on podcasts? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not, I think it feels overwhelming, but 
I want you to kind of back up before you write the pitch. Don't start there, okay? Um, Before you write the pitch, I want you to think about the reason that you're doing guesting. So what's your goal? Because I want you to be able to, whether quantitatively or qualitatively, be able to assess down the road, probably three months, six months, did it do what you wanted it to do? Or do you need to, to tweak your strategy? Do you need to maybe even look at another marketing avenue? But it's understanding what your goal really is and then how you're going to move your listener from the interview to where you hopefully want them to go. It's understanding who your audience is, first and foremost, and how you help them. So it really comes down to you, your audience, and then understanding who your best fit collaborators are. So the hosts that are going to be the best fit to reach out to. I don't want you spinning your wheels because listen, I know when you go to research, you might be going down these rabbit holes on the internet of, oh, this may be good, or oh, this may be good, or how do I find this? And it makes research and then writing the pitch so much easier when you start with your strategy and understanding these three areas of you and your audience and your best fit collaborators. So that at the really very simple and and you just jot it down, have it somewhere. And in addition to that, what's going to make it even easier for you is if you go ahead and create yourself, I know you're big on this, a workflow, um, having a tracker whether it's just in, you know, Google Sheets or whether it's in your um, CRM where you track what's been pitched, what still needs to be followed up with and what's been booked so that you you can focus and you know where everything is at. Uh, similarly, having those templates that you create, not just something somebody gave to you, you need to sound like yourself. So having templates that you can then customize and go to that's going to help you a lot. Now, does it need to be, you know, exactly like you want it when you first start out? No, you're going to tweak it probably, but having those things will help you so much. And then I don't think you need of some sort of formalized media kit. I know, I know people are going to be like, what? I was actually going to ask about that. So I'm glad you brought it up. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I actually booked one of my very first clients on 22 podcasts without a formal media kit. So it is like having that information in one central location. So having a headshot, having your freebie links, having your topics, having potential questions, having your bio, all that in a central area, like whether you keep it in a Google doc or in a folder somewhere, you can easily send that to hosts because they're going to ask for it. But I don't think you need some beautiful Canva PDF that has all your stats in your headshot. You know, if you do it, great. But I have not found it to be necessary to book yourself on a podcast. So I don't know your thoughts. What what do you think? I agree. I mean, even my, well, you filled out my guest application and everything like for the initial, like where I'm vetting people out. I don't ask for it. I don't want all of your stuff because I don't know if you're going to be a good fit. <laughs> so that's why I have like that initial application. And then I have it as an option for like, you've made it. And I'm like, yes, you can be a guest. I have it as an option for people to upload it, but it's not required, you know, 
I basically, I need your bio, your headshot and your links. So you fill that out in the application. If you want to add your media kit, you can, because I know some people, they like to share that, but it's not required at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, having your strategy, having some pitch templates ready to go, knowing your topics is way more important than creating your Canva PDF. Yes, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Okay. So I would love to know like what results or wins like have any of your clients achieved through podcast guesting? Oh yeah. I mean, I can say even, even back when people were guests on my podcast and I was not a huge podcast whatsoever. I mean, I barely scraped the top 3% and the, I would have client, I would have guests come back to me. I had at least two guests tell me that they booked clients after they heard them on my podcast. So that was the first little glimpse of, oh, hey, guesting, it works. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> and so that was the first thing. One of my clients recently went on a podcast and got got some a bunch of people on her email list. But then also within about a week, one of those people went through and purchased, which is pretty quick for you know, especially in this economy where um, directly from a podcast to purchasing is not as common as you would think. So it happens. A lot of people, Instagram followers have grown. Um, one of my first, one of my first um, clients, I checked back in with her and she said, yeah, she said that her, one of her strategic partners has come from that. A lot of her new people in her community are from hearing her as a guest on podcast. So yeah, I mean, there's lots of things and it is, it's hard. You have to be able to track it to know exactly how many. And I know a lot of people have that, which is really smart. If when people come to you and either book a discovery call or come into your community, you ask them, how did you find me? And knowing, okay, great. They found me through a podcast and starting, you know, with that knowledge is great. Yeah. Um, just to add to that, if you do want to track this, Um, One of the things that I do, like if I guest on a podcast and I'm sharing a freebie, I will create a special landing page that is just specifically for that audience. So I'm able to see who is actually coming from the podcast. So that's just something to keep in mind. And then definitely, you know, for your discovery call questionnaire, have it, you know, the question, how did they find you? Where did they learn about you? Just so you're able to track that and able to see if whether this is like an effective strategy for you. So I love that you mentioned that that is so important. Yeah. Yeah. And that extra step of doing the specific URL, that's great. I mean, that'll give you so much data, um, just seeing how many people land there. And then if they land in and convert, you can see. So yeah, that's so smart. Yeah, yeah. So okay, say my listeners are like, okay, I'm loving what Amanda is saying about podcast pitching. What do I need to do to actually get started? Okay. So like I said, the first thing you really need to do is nail down your strategy. So think about those those things that I just talked about you, your audience and your best fit collaborators, jot it down, come up with your topics, what do you want to be known for? What are like three to five things? And that's going to help guide you on where you, when you look for, when you do your research, those topics are going to fit into some podcast, like in the content they've already had. That's what you're looking for. So you need to figure out what, don't go ask the host, don't go ask your friends, like really think about what your topics are, 
make them headline form and use that, get your info together and your like one sheet that you've got. It doesn't have to be pretty. And then use the four P's and create a pitch template. That's really where I would start. And then your next step after you do your strategy is you research and engage with hosts and you get to know them. You get to figure out, is it a good fit that I pitched to this person? Is it not? And then you write and send them and then you reach back out and then you repeat. So that's really, that's, that's in a nutshell, that's what pitching is. And so um, it's not complex, but it does take a little bit of forethought to know what's going to come next and keep track of things so that you're not, you don't feel like your things are falling through the cracks. And that's easy. You just, you get templates, you get your tracker, but start with your strategy. I love that. Yeah, definitely have that strategy down because like you're saying, that is probably going to be the hardest part. Um, But once you have it down, like if you're really clear on your goals and who you're trying to reach and everything, it's going to make the entire process so much easier. Yeah. And well, I just say that I think people overlook that as being such a key part to getting the yeses and having the, you know, reaching the right people starts back with your strategy and your research. So, you know, jumping ahead could actually, you know, that that could not help you at all. If you want to try to do all that before you do the research, you may end up getting frustrated because you're not making, you know, not connecting with the right people. You're not making traction and reaching your goals. So yeah, I just encourage you to give it a little bit of time and thought on the strategy and research before you write the pitch and it will benefit you so much. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, especially like, you'll be able to ensure you're pitching to the aligned podcast that you should actually be on and not, you know, these random podcasts where, like I said, I've gotten the craziest pitches (laughs) for people who's like, my audience wouldn't even care about that topic. (laughs) So if you have that strategy down, it's really going to guide you to the right podcast to be pitching to. Um, So thank you again for just sharing so many great nuggets when it comes to podcast pitching. Um, So one question I love to ask my guests who are moms are, you know, what is your number one mompreneur hack? Oh, goodness. I don't really have any hacks. And I'll be honest, I love hearing everybody else's, but I don't really have any hacks necessarily. I... What I do, though, is I have wonderful parents who will (laughs) watch my son while I do interviews, while I do, while I work. And I think, you know, you and I were talking about scheduling as a mom. And sometimes you just have to do things on the weekend or sometimes you have to do them in the summer. I did them in the morning. And I think my, my mom hack is to be flexible. And I know that's not really a hack in itself, but there are so many, I will say this mindset is, is 98% of entrepreneurship is mindset. And if you let yourself get frustrated or think that you're doing it wrong because you're feeling frustrated, like, you know, as a mom, you're trying to, to juggle things at home in your business. And you may think, well, what am I doing wrong? Why is this not working? And so there are seasons of everything. There are seasons where you focus more on your business and that's totally fine. 
There are seasons where you have to focus more on your family and that's okay too. And so I think just knowing those seasons come and go, it gives me so much more peace of mind as a mom entrepreneur, because you see other people out there who you think are doing things, you know, faster than you, bigger than you. And it just, you have to keep going back to that, running your own race and knowing what's good in your life and the kind of life you want to live. You know, I mean, yes, there are things that I want to do, but I'm not going to sacrifice certain things about my life to get there. So I think that's just the the hack. It has has so much to do with mindset and very little to do with actually like working itself. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I agree 100%. And that is something I talk about here on the podcast a lot is just knowing your current season of life and building your business based on that. And knowing that these seasons, like you said, they change. It's not going to be like this forever. Um, I still remember last year I had a newborn and a two-year-old and now I have a one and three-year-old. And so, yeah, it's challenging, but it's a lot easier compared to where I was last year. So know that it will get is easier, you know, as your kids get older and everything and you'll be able to do more, you know, so don't like completely get rid of those dreams that you have, write them down. And then when your season of life fits, you know, for you to be able to do those things, then go for it. So yeah, that is the ultimate hack. I will say (laughs) mindset, get your mindset together. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a lot out there in the entrepreneurial space where there's a lot to compare yourself to and that gets hard. So just know that, yeah, you know, running your own race, having your own seasons does not mean you're doing anything wrong. So just that, yes, the mindset is key, like you said. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Um, Please tell my audience where they can connect with you and learn more about working with you. I would love that. And I would love for you, if you're listening to find me on Instagram at gotcha mama, and just let me know what your biggest, like, oh my goodness moment was <laughs> from the, from this interview. I would love that so much. It would absolutely make my day. And, um, you can find me, my website is just gotchamama.com and I will be updating. I will have a, a fun, amazing freebie related to what we just talked about available. So you can hop over there and grab that. But yeah, I just love connecting with people and hearing how I can help and what's resonating. So definitely connect with me. All right. Well, thank you so much again for just sharing all of this great information with us. Um, And I truly appreciate you being so open and giving so much value. Of course. I am so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Mama, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to hang with me. Whether you're a podcaster ready to create podcast content that attracts her dream clients or a mama that's ready to stop the social media burnout and simplify her marketing through podcasting, I can support you. Head on over to mamaturnmompreneur.com forward slash connect to submit an interest form so we can chat about how I can best support you. All right, mama, I will talk to you again soon.